Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian physician and founder of Longevity, and I want to talk about dementias. There's at least a dozen different dementias. Doctors call all of them Alzheimer's disease because when you look at the payout list, Alzheimer's disease pays the most. So no matter which of the 12 dementias you have, they're going to call it Alzheimer's disease, and there's no law that says you can't have two or three or five or eight or all 12 of the dementias. And so you have to get rid of all the bad stuff. No fried foods, no processed meats, no oils, no gluten, no wheat, brown, rhinos, no sugar. And then I want you to take one healthy brain and heart pack per 100 pounds of body weight. That's one healthy brain and heart pack per 100 pounds of body weight. I want you to take the ultimate niacin plus one of those twice a day. Our de-stress capsules, three of those twice a day. That's two bottles a month. Then I want you to take the ultimate daily classic tablets, three of those twice a day per 100 pounds of body weight in case you have vascular dementia. And don't forget those three eggs twice a day because, remember, 75% of your brain weight is cholesterol. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com. That's usaradiohealth.com. One. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, RadioLawTalk.com. Welcome to Radio Law Talk. I'm your host, Frederick Penny. It is the 13th of November, 2021. Welcome, welcome. We're having a wonderful day today. Todd Cunin, Denise Dirks, myself, and our illustrious producer, three times uh, Emmy Award nominee, but never a winner. I, I have to throw it in every once in a while, Cal. I appreciate just, that. Just to say that. Keep me and humble. I like I'm going to keep you humble because sometimes you just, you know, you're just, you're a superstar and you, 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 you know it. And we have to just put I you am, down man. a little bit. Yeah, superstar. <laughs> but we appreciate uh, Cal Hunter running this thing uh, uh, day in and day out. And um, I finally, you know what? Okay, so I brought a treats for you guys. Donuts. Yeah, I brought donuts for you today, mm-hmm. which is New not donuts. good on the diet. Mm. But the best part about this is I ordered milk, okay? And, you know, those of us who have grown up for a little while and, and have been on the earth for more than, you know, five years, um, you know, 50, 60 years type or in that area, um, not you guys, by the way. Um, Longer than that for me. I got – I asked for the milk. And when they handed it to me, they said, we don't have any 2% or 1%. They're like, wimp, you know. And they handed me, we only have whole milk. And they handed me the whole milk. And it's in a, listen, it's in a glass bottle. Cool. It's a donut shop, and they have glass bottled milk. And it's like a 12-ounce I mean, this bottle is Can like a collector. Like, I don't know. Does I just, it have the recycle little lamb uh, Here, on it? I'll hand it to you. It says no deposit. I don't know. I'm sliding over. Fred, no living life on yeah. the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, not I, edge. It's excitement for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I live on the wild side. I got a keg of whole milk back at the place. And, uh, <laughs> you know, forget that 2% stuff. I'm going whole milk, and every once in a while, I dip an Oreo cookie. I pour it yeah. on my Captain Crunch. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> no, you go the hard Captain Crunch, the stuff that's got the berries in it. Yeah. Yeah? You what? don't get money for it, but it does oh. say on it, please recycle. Well, of course it's recycled. Did you know if you just put it in the normal garbage, it'll be recycled? Anyway, the, the, the way the garbage is now, it, it goes through a plant 
I have a friend that owns a, a facility. You yeah, so do, I. So, yeah, do yeah, I. so do I. I happen to know him very well. That's exactly right. <laughs> and it does, Todd. You've been there, huh? And, and it oh, yeah. separates everything. Yeah. I they, mean, it's amazing that garbage is separated now. They call them a MRF, Materials Recovery Facility. That's right. And uh, so much of it is automated. They can detect. And it's, it's a series of, uh, of bursts of air, an optical eye sees what it is, and as it goes over a conveyor belt, whatever piece of air is close to that, whatever air duct, it blows it and pops it out into a Wow. Oh, so that's container. also how they start sort almonds. Did you yeah. know this? Yeah. 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 So those are that amazing. amazing technology. Are we off on a little bit of a tangent here, Cal? Um, I, I think would say. so. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I was back to my milk. <laughs> and <laughs> I was, was talking about tangent. how excited I was <laughs> because I grew up... With the milkman, I grew up in the 70s as a kid, and the milkman would come to our house, and it was called Foothill Farms Milk. I still remember the guy with the glass bottles, and uh, we would have glass bottled milk, and I, I think it's a mental thing. I think it's a mental thing, but I think glass bot- bottled milk tastes better. Don't you? I just it like does. the taste. Maybe it's just because of the plastic that they're that the other or the cardboard. But I was really excited mentally. That was one of the best tasting cold. It was really cold whole milk I've ever drank. Go ahead. I have a theory as to why it Go tastes ahead. better. Because if it's in plastic or if it's in a cardboard, any kind of container, those don't retain cool. Those don't conduct energy very well, but glass does. So if you put your glass in a refrigerator and you pull milk in glass out right. and then you pull milk in plastic out, same amount of time, the one in plastic is going to heat up. And nobody really likes warm milk unless you're a kid trying to go to sleep, but yeah, they pull it out. The glass keeps it cooler longer. Oh, that's true. Soda better. pop, by the way, yes. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, but it just—I don't know. I'm just really happy that I had that that nice cold glass, I, glass milk. And I know that you know Denise is staring at me like, "Are you going to get on with the show?" No, I'm just really <laughs> excited today about my glass milk just encounter. And uh, if you want to call in and talk about your glass milk, eight five five Law Radio, Denise. What is the exact phone number? Eight five five Law Radio. It's 855-529-7234. Now, if someone sued about that bottle, would that be a glass action lawsuit? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. A glass. I, 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 I had to why don't you just throw you got to. Yeah, there you go. You got to throw yeah, the drum. Yeah, 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 some yeah, stupid bad, thing. Yeah. KBBR 1340 AM North Bend, Oregon. Welcome KBBR 1340 AM North Bend, Oregon. Go to Radio Law Talk. We have an Instagram, Twitter, but I just posted on Instagram this morning. A pretty cool uh, Instagram post. But Denise, I know you don't check, but check it out. We're going to talk today uh, clearly about the uh, Rittenhouse case, and, and there's some interesting things going on here. And the main thing, whether you agree or disagree, and then this is going to be a controversial one, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, we're politically neutral, but I'm pretty well, this, upset. This well, 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 here, let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me finish my, my point, Cal. Here's a, I, I am really, it is really important to me, um, you know, to make sure that things are done right. And proper in the courtroom, and that's what bothers me quite a bit. And um, I think, and I'm going to throw an opinion out, not now, but later, um, about why I think this is happening and what I think defense should do. But why this is important today to listen to Radio Law Talk, Radio Law Talk about the Rittenhouse case, 
We have Todd Cunin in the house, who is a former prosecutor, district attorney for uh, the state in the state of Tennessee and California, and has gone all over the board and has represented uh, those in his own practice, and now uh, works for the public defender's uh, office. And so he has he has been on all sides of this. And he's going to give an opinion and kind of look behind the scenes. And I think he knows, and I think I know kind of what's going on here. Because uh, as lawyers, we, you know, we can't tell you for sure, but I, I think I know what's happened here. Then we're going to talk about some very interesting things today. It's all about judges. A judge discusses Elf on the Shelf. A judge uh, is uh, in trouble for forcing a drug test. A judge's Facebook post, we're going to talk about that, and the most important thing in the United States right now, above all other things, coronavirus, everything, is Britney Spears. We're going to talk about Britney Spears because that is very important, what the latest is. is Britney, a lawyer who drops his pants, we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk you, about you got to put those two uh-huh. cases right next to each other. Yeah, I did. I did it on okay. purpose. All right, I did it right on purpose. Yeah, as long as we didn't go into that right after the milk diatribe. But, you know, that's great. I, yeah, we'll do that later. <laughs> and then we're going to do the latest on the Houston concert stampede uh, lawsuits. And I'm going to talk about that as a personal injury lawyer. Uh, I, I, I know a little bit about that. I think we've talked about – I think we're about 16,000 cases our firm has handled now. That's more than one or two. Tell That's you a what. couple. Uh, yeah, 16,000? I, I think we're – got to go back and look. We're getting – if it isn't 16,000, it's pretty dang close. That's amazing. Yeah. I did the typical dad thing last yeah. night. Well, maybe not typical. My son wanted to go see a concert down in uh, near where we are at. I know. I saw uh, the name uh, of the uh, band. A hip-hop group playing. And uh, he he and his buddy wanted to go, so I took them and sat in the car while they were at the venue. And the entire time, good dad. All I kept thinking about was what happened in Houston. That's but, exactly but right. But he did tell me that in this show, mm-hmm. because of what happened, like every five minutes they were stopping and and the performers giving the warnings. If anybody's falling over, make sure they pick them up. Please do right. this. I mean, they were push back. Right. To it, so, well, that's uh, the thing. I don't like the the pit down there. I would never. I've never gone in one, even when I was a young teenager. I don't like it. I'm like, you, know, like you can be squished. Pit? You can be well. Not to the mosh pit is at least opened up a little bit. Yeah. But when you're people are all squishing and squeezing to get up front, I, I uh, hard pass. It's for like me. concert I did that Tinder. At the Barry Manilow concert. It was. Yeah, Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, lot of diapers, depends all over the ground. I passed out during Copacabana. <laughs> we'll be back after this. I'm Frederick Penny, your host of Radio Law Talk. Radio Law Talk can be heard on RadioLawTalk.com from 9 to noon Pacific time every Saturday. That's RadioLawTalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. 
So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the Legal Helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092-800-918-7092-800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-711-9218. 800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Email the show anytime you'd like. Info at radiolawtalk.com. I-N-F-O. Info. Info at radiolawtalk.com. Well, we're back with hour two. Uh, uh, our first segment was pure anecdotal stuff. And now that we're over the glass bottle, we can move into case or no case, can't we? 
It is. It is. It's anecdotal. But let's do case or no case, Cal. All right, here we go. Now it's here time to play case or no case. Yay! All right. Bob was a movie stuntman working on a big blockbuster film in Spain, How the West Was Won, an MGM picture, 1963. While working as a stuntman, there was a stunt calling for him to be beneath a load of logs that would fall off a train car. Well, before the scene was filmed, the chain holding the logs snapped, and Bob was very very seriously injured. He was crushed while down below and was so severely injured, he could not move independently for the next five years. He required independent care. So Bob and his beautiful bride, who would later become a star in the TV show The Munsters, went to an attorney in the United United, pardon me, <clears throat> in the United States and asked the question, case or no case? This seems like a no-brainer, Fred. I'm going to start with you. Case or no case? Yeah, that's uh, that does seem like a no-brainer, but uh, there's got to be a catch because nothing is simple in case or no case on that's Radio right. Law Talk. So, um, by the way. Which one of the – is that the – okay, the Munsters, was it the wife that yes. was the – oh. She played the mother and the wife in the Munsters yes. after playing many other roles. Many, <clears throat> many, what was her name? I'll tell you later. Okay, tell me later. But Okay, so it's her if husband. If you get it, I'll give you – if you get it, I'll give you a bonus point. Gotcha. Her husband – it. Yeah. it was her husband that was hurt and was a stuntman. Correct. On How the West Was Won. Right. The answer is a load of logs. Okay, so I know what the answer would be, generally speaking. It's a workers' comp case. So your your remedy would be workers' compensation. If it's in California, which it probably would have been. Spain. Uh, oh, it was in Spain. That's right. Okay, so ooh, you, I, don't, I don't think that you have any jurisdiction in California or the United States to bring a case when it occurred in Spain. In the United States, because you're talking about them bringing it in the United States. Correct. I say they lose the case because the jurisdiction was within Spain and not the United States. All right. So, so I'm sorry. It was a case, but they lose because the jurisdiction was the wrong jurisdiction and the United States had no power over it. Okay. Todd, what do you think about that? I'm, I'm thinking of the, 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 the torts in Spain fall mainly outside the jurisdiction of the state of California. Uh, I'm going to agree with Fred Penny on this one. And for because Not only because I think it's the right answer, but for strategic reasons, because I believe, Denise, I am six points away from victory here in case or no case. I think that's what you had said last time. So... Um, to, to, to exercise Smart. strategy, strategy, stratagem, strategy, as George W. Bush was uh, parodied as saying by Will Ferrell, I'm agreeing with Fred. Whatever okay. Fred said. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, oh, I see how it's going. Ms. Dirks, what say you, case or no case? No case. No case at all, right? Fair no enough. Case. That might be true. Denise, that's, that's a good strategy. That's strategy too. So that could be a good one. Although I really like the Munsters. That was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> it was. Um, okay, any of little you Eddie. Did you like Eddie? Little. You know what it could be though. What? Just want to opine. About, I'm not going to change my answer, but this is what I think. Maybe they got a judgment in Spain, and they brought it to the United States to enforce it. Ooh, kind of against like, a California defendant. Kind of like that guy. The case we covered uh, about the guy who won the uh, 
uh, money down in uh, the suit down in Ecuador. Yes. And then came back, and now he's disbarred. And yeah. Can't collect in the United States. That's possible. Anybody want to name Mrs. Munster? Okay, hold on. I uh, just looked. Lily. Her name was Lily. Lily, That's Lily right. and That's Fred. Right. That's right. Lily and Fred. Hey, is that uh, half a point? Because no. we got Lily right? No, okay. I want the actor's <clears throat> name, if you please. <clears throat> Although, for, was it Fred Gwynn? 855 Law Radio, if you know the name of the actress. Uh,. All right. Well, let, let's. Let, I can give you the answer now. We can make. No. Do we have time? Thing. Do we have time? We got three minutes. Oh yeah. Let's time. do the answer. Okay. So here is the answer. Those of you who said this was a case, may I see your Todd hands? Todd and Fred. Okay. Correct. Good job. Oh, oh Denise. Yes. Now, yes. Those of you who say that Yvonne Del Carlo and her husband Bob won, let's see that. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. We well, lost. you also would be. Correct. Yes, they lost because of jurisdiction. Isn't that right? I uh, know. MGM just fought and fought and fought and played the jurisdiction card and everything they could to avoid responsibility right. for for this. And the, they won. Robert Morgan and Yvonne Del Carlo, who, by the way, also played Moses' mom in the Ten Commandments. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah they, they lost. From the Munsters to Moses' mom? They went from Moses' mom to the Munsters, yes. Okay. And uh, <laughs> they came away with only legal and medical bills to pay. And, by the way, they later divorced. Not, well, that was unusual for Yvonne Del Carlo. She was married five times. But anyway. Was she really? Yeah, five times. So had a lot of, a lot of things. I hate to say it, but that monster's little outfit she'd wear was, uh, <laughs> for the time, was kind of. Well, 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 no, let me, no, let me, no. Are you thinking the of the Adams Family? No, no. Not Adams Family. Munster. Think... Uh, Herman Munster's hmm. mom. I mean, wife. Uh, was, I think it was pretty provocative for the time, don't you think, Cal? Oh, absolutely it was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's why my dad watched it all the time. I was wondering to try to figure out why. Yeah, I didn't know he liked the monsters. <laughs> dad, why are we watching this? Dad, why are we watching show? monsters over and over this again? This is art, son. This is good art. <laughs> Go bring me some milk and a glass. <laughs> yeah, bring me a glass of milk. The monsters. How's that, how's that one go? How does it? Oh, I can't remember how the monsters. The Adams family was dead. No, 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 but the monsters. I don't know. The monsters was kind of a jazzy, weird sounding. Well, Todd, you and I are are winners, winners, chicken dinner. Denise, uh, you are not. Sorry. Uh, we love you, but we don't. We, you're losing. <clears throat> Isn't, aren't the two of us way ahead well, of you? I don't know why you always have to point out the losers, Fred. I point out when Todd's a loser, too. But uh, anyway. Everybody but you. No. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm, a bad, I'm a bad winner. I'm a horrible winner. And a war. Yes, put my name up there. Fred, Fred, Fred. So, <laughs> That, ladies and gentlemen, is case or no case. Next time, uh-huh, uh-huh. I will take you to the makeup mirror for case or no case. The makeup we'll mirror. You know, right. yes. I saw this video the other day. This uh, this guy was having his kid pitched to him, and the kid must have been maybe four years old. The guy's holding this little plastic bat, and the kid throws the ball. It's all the kid can do to get the ball over the plate, <laughs> and then the guy just tags it over the fence and then trots around an imaginary, taunting his son. Yeah, and I baby. Thought, I could see Fred doing that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Uh, we're going to talk about... The Rittenhouse case. Todd's going to give an opinion as a former prosecutor and a guy that represents those that are um, being prosecuted. We'll be back. This is Radio Law Talk. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Keep listening for an exciting offer from U.S. Men. 
If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain and inconvenience of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. We'll tell you all you need to know about CGMs. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And with insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now to learn more. 800-251-7560. 800-251-7560. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. CGMs are the newest in diabetic technology. They can help you stay in range and manage your diabetes better. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. And delivery is free. Remember, if you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call today and learn about the latest CGM technology. Call 800-251-7560. Co-pays and deductibles may apply. 800-251-7560. That's 800-251-7560. Sponsored by U.S. Medical Supply. Determine other factors. I like the Amargosa Valley. Is this real life? This is Radio Law Talk. Yeah, as we know, there's been quite a a bit of controversy about the Kyle uh, Rittenhouse case that's coming up. And and we're not going to really get into the controversy because some people think it's not a controversy um, of what happened um, about a person defending himself. But uh, this happened in Wisconsin, and this was when all the uprisings were going uh, about. Apparently, uh, this was – there were so many different uprisings. I, I can't even remember which one was which, but this was one about uh, apparently a police officer uh, shot, not killed. Did, didn't they wound a black a black man? Is that what what happened in this case? Was it the Blake case? I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it didn't kill him, but but shot a, a police officer shot a, a white police officer shot a, a black man, and uh, so there was uh, all types of looting and. You know, damaging of property in Wisconsin and uh, damaging um, the, the one specific one was a auto dealership. Yes. And that's where Kyle Rittenhouse was kind of there um, helping put out fires and, and doing some things. And again, you're going to argue people argue, oh, he was there as a vigilante to shoot people and whatever, you know. But the fact is uh, a couple of individuals uh, – uh, apparently, according to Rittenhouse uh, and witnesses, that these individuals were harassing Rid- Rittenhouse. And, and people say, oh, he was probably harassing him. I, I don't know. I don't know all the facts uh, because I'm not watching it because I'm too busy practicing law, right? Everybody's <laughs> like, hey, don't you know what's going on? Well, I'm kind of busy practicing law to, to know every little detail. But it comes down to uh, 
you know, what happened. And uh, he ended up uh, shooting two individuals in self-defense is what he's claiming and uh, killing them. And then another individual he um, actually wounded and who survived. So here's the issue that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about what is going on with the judge, the prosecutor, and the defense. We're going to talk about the lawyer's side and the judge's side because there is an awful lot of antics going on here. And we're going to turn it over to Todd Cunin, who's a former prosecutor for the district attorney's office in Tennessee and in California, then had his own criminal defense practice where he defended uh, people accused, and now he works for the um, public defender's office, which represents the accused. And so he's been all over the board on both sides. And uh, Todd, why don't you talk about some interesting things that are going on here with the prosecutor, defense counsel, and the judge. Sure. Have you ever heard the phrase, there, you never get a second chance to make a first impression? And, um, you know, I, that, that's a, it's a very appropriate phrase, especially, uh, or concept, especially when it comes to a criminal trial, because the first impression, once the matter's been set for trial and you're getting ready, the first impression you make with the court comes when you're filing and arguing for your motions in limine, your pre-trial motions. And I think that's where the judge and the prosecution in particular started uh, getting off on the wrong foot. For example... The, process, the defense had made a motion to not refer to any of the people that got shot as victims, right? Now, the court granted that motion under the idea that, well, since Rittenhouse is innocent until proven guilty, if we call them a victim beforehand, then we're kind of indicating to the jury that the verdict should already be directed towards that way. Interestingly enough, in our Maxwell case that we covered last week, they made a similar motion. And I, I think we're waiting for the ruling on that. Or, no, or, they, oh, that, or, they was it denied? Ruled, it was yeah, denied. denied. It was they denied. can refer to them as victims. Yes. So in different jurisdictions. Well, the argument there, I'm not, you know, yeah, why was a, there? Yeah, there's a difference. Go ahead, Denise. You need yeah, yeah, it. There's, there's a difference. First, it's federal court. That's one part of that's different. But secondly, what's different is that the, the women had already been deemed victims in other cases. That's right. So they could be referred to as victims. Yes, they, they weren't. It, it had nothing to do with uh, necessarily what Maxwell had. But in this case here, referring to them as a victim is directly related to the charges that Rittenhouse has faced and he hasn't been convicted of it yet. So that was one. But, but this is where the, the prosecution cried foul. Because the court also ruled that the defense could refer to those same individuals as rioters, looters, and uh, you know there was one other rioters, looters, and arsonists, and 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 this is where that was so unfair. I think I and I disagree because the the witnesses' rights and due process and liberty is not being called into question in the course and conduct of this trial. It's They're all not witnesses. They're victims that are dead. They can't even say, I didn't loot. I didn't do But this. you just said they're a victim. But you just called them a victim. I think they were victims because they were killed. And specifically— So in, if a person is defending himself, the guy that, that he kills to defend himself and save his life, the other person's a victim? Yes, I think they can. Be. Okay, and, and I think the reason yeah. the reason the terms should come in is because it goes directly to 
whether or not his claim of self-defense was reasonable. If you can't, as a defendant, say, I saw, from my perspective, rioters, looters, and arsonists, and you just say, I I saw protesters, then it undermines the viability of your perspective, which is what the self-defense is based on. So that was allowed to come in. But this is where things got squirrely between the judge and the prosecutor. The prosecutor said... Essentially, come on. I mean, we're talking about things that are very minor. It's just it's it's only arson, at which point the judge said, it's only arson? I, I, I can't even believe you would say that. Arson is a serious crime. It's only arson. And so it's a the, felony. The fact that the prosecutor was trying to minimize arson. Just in general, that, was stupid. that that gets him off on the wrong foot with the judge. Other motions really quickly, not to comment on the defendant's silence because the defendant didn't, uh, Rittenhouse didn't talk to the police officers right away. He, he's testified ultimately at trial, but he invoked his right to remain silent early on. You can't talk about that. And then there was another one, which was whether or not the prosecution could introduce statements about um, – Rittenhouse's understanding of whether he could defend property with the use of deadly force. And the court said, no, I'm not going to let you bring that in because the circumstances surrounding the shooting, the killing of two and the shooting of the third, had nothing to do with defending property at the time the shots were fired. It had everything to do with defending your own personal safety, which he felt was in jeopardy. Rittenhouse did. So the court wouldn't allow that. And here's what happens at trial. The prosecution puts on their case. Really quickly, you know, essentially the general consensus is every witness called by the prosecution actually ended up making the self-defense case for Kyle Rittenhouse. It seemed very apparent that the witnesses were saying things, prosecution witnesses, that supported self-defense. So later on, when Rittenhouse testifies, the defense starts, the prosecution starts to go into all of these things that the judge had previously said are excluded. You can't go into them. Prosecution started off the cross-examination of Rittenhouse. What'd they do? Started off talking about silence. You didn't talk to the cops right afterwards. Objection, judge. What are you thinking? This is basic law. You can't go into this. The, def- the prosecution tried to cross-examine on the whole property issue about whether or not you can defend property. Again, the judge hammered him. You can't go into this. And, and so that's kind of where things have really started to go off the rails between the prosecution, or prosecution and the judge is the prosecution's apparent blatant disregard for pretrial motions. Now, Fred, we were talking during the break. I'd, I'd like to make a sure, comment sure. about that, though. Um, when he gets on the stand, Rittenhouse gets on the stand, he said he went to turn himself in. After he killed the first guy, he went to go turn himself into the police. So I see why the prosecutor thought maybe the door was open to ask what he said to the police and then say you didn't say anything. So, I, I mean, I can see how somebody could have made a mistake. It was probably a stupid mistake. I don't do criminal law. Uh, but at the same, at the same time, yeah. I, I can see how – he said, I thought the door was open. Except that no. the prosecutor specifically said when the judge asked him, why did you go into that? The prosecutor said, uh, Your Honor, I should be able to go into that to show that he intentionally waited to hear what other witnesses would say so he could tailor his testimony for that. That's why he was going into it. it that was the justification the prosecutor gave when, when grilled by the court. Yeah, he should have asked the judge. All we're saying, Denise, we're not disagreeing yes. he couldn't have gone it, but on a motion limine, 
<clears throat> if the judge rules against you, you better get his permission or her permission to open it up. And that's where I think the prosecutor, I think he did it on, intentionally to ring the bell. That, but, but that's, that's what's right. going on. I that, think that's what he did. And, and, and that gets to the fact that the prosecution's case in chief did not go very well. And so a lot of people think, and, and I think, Fred, this might be where you're going, mm-hmm. that the breaches on the part of the prosecutor were intentional to yes. get a mistrial, Yes. which if it do get it, in most cases, it means you got to start from scratch with and a new jury and do it over again. Defense, I'm going to tell but you why. But in this case, it may not. Yes, and I, right. I, for defense's side, if they're arguing, they better hope it does not. But I'm going to tell you why I think. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the Rittenhouse case. We'll be right back. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. Much more is coming up. Stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. It's coming right up after we break away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 
If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. I like the Amadrosa Valley. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. All right, we're talking about the Rittenhouse case, and we're back to Todd, who is in the middle of discussing kind of some behind-the-scenes issues that may be going on. Yeah, so we were talking about how the prosecution has really run afoul of the judge, and the judge has chewed him out. And and in response to the, the most egregious one, I think, that the defense is really jumping up and down about has been the commenting on the defendant's silence. And 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 the prosecution or the defense, even after the first time, says he's a seasoned prosecutor. He knows. And, and these are all arguments that are being made outside the presence of the jury. The minute the objection was made, the judge had the jury go out. And then these are all outside the presence of the jury. And lead defense counsel is says, you know, he's a seasoned prosecutor. This is not a mistake. Uh, the, the defense attorney even hints that this might be intentional and goes to all this and, and says, if it happens again, I'm going to make a motion for a mistrial. And then it happened again. And there is a pending motion for a mistrial that the court still has not ruled on yet. But, Fred, you were talking about why you think some of this is going on. I want to throw that back to you. Yeah, bad move on defense. In my, my, this is just me uh, playing armchair quarterback. You do not want a mistrial if you're defense. Prosecutors do because, like you said, I think they start off on the wrong foot. I think they're, they're behind the eight ball. And a, a do-over is going to – that was good practice for them to learn what to do and what not to do. But defense better not get a mistrial. Let me tell you why. In football, in NFL football, what happens when defense jumps off sides? What's the best thing that happens to the offense? Todd, I'm going to turn that to you. Uh, or do t- you, Denise, do you know why? Yeah, don't they get a penalty? Well, they do, but what's the whole purpose of it? It's a free play, free for, the play. Off- for the offense. Free play. So in other words, okay, they jump off on defense, they throw the flag, but they let the play continue. Quarterback knows, hey, no matter what, we're going to get the ball back and we're going to get extra you know, five yards. I'm going to throw a bomb and hopefully he catches it and we get a touchdown, right? That's what's going on here in my opinion. The defense has a free play because – 
I don't see any way any appellate court would uphold a conviction if he's convicted here. No way, well, not no way, very, very difficult uh, to overcome all these issues that were clearly, I think, prejudicial to the defendant. Because don't forget, they're going to lean, the appellate court's got to lean toward the defendant no matter what happened because that's our Constitution, right? We're supposed to have, the defense has got to, you got to be very careful because this person's life is on the line to go to jail. So I think the appellate courts are going to overturn this. If he gets convicted with what has happened, and this is a free pass for defense, because, you know, just go ahead and throw the bomb and let it go to the jury and see what happens. So one of the things that I always think is not fair is that there's so much protection for the defendant, too, because what other things happened inside the presence of the jury? And that was him crying and becoming, you know, very, very upset. So he gets a break and his mom sobbing openly and people being protective or putting their arms around him. The juror all saw that. They did. That wasn't outside the presence. But that doesn't matter because right. the protections are there for the defense, not for the prosecution. Okay, so here's why here's, – here's my response to him crying and, and why I think that it was 100 percent appropriate and allowable for that to happen. Because one of the things, one of the jury instructions is that you're not only considered the testimony, but the manner in which the person testified. And if he comes in there and gives this cold, calculated, rehearsed, I'm not going to show any emotion, nothing, then what does the prosecution argue? As he sat there with stone cold, steely eyes, with no emotion <laughs> explaining what happened to him, then that's used against him. So just be authentic. There, there is nothing wrong with crying. It happens all the time when victims of heinous crimes... I'm not saying him crying yeah. was a problem, but his mom was. Yeah. And it, that's what the problem was, in my opinion, because she made a big show. And and they, and I don't, I don't know if the jury was still in when that happened. Yes, it, they were. Okay, they walked I, right by her. Okay, but... To, and, and that part was, to me, I thought the judge should have said, if she can't control herself, she needed to be removed. Right. I honestly felt that, because I felt right. like, like that was something that now, that was a valid point for the for the, uh, was was all the the, vic, uh, the as you call the victims the people who died parents crying at any time they're no. they're there too no I there was no remarks about that yeah I don't but, know but, I, don't but know. I also want to raise one thing that I don't sure. think has been discussed sure. and that is defense of others so when the guy with the the um, uh, what is it called skateboard skateboard. That was after the first guy was killed. He went after Rittenhouse with a skateboard. Why would he do that when the guy's got a gun? Why didn't he walk away? Why didn't he walk away? Can I say why? Why? Because it's in defense of others. He probably was trying to keep Rittenhouse at the scene so he wasn't going to escape. I don't know. That, to me, makes a good explanation, explanation. But he can't testify because he's dead. And he did not have a gun. But witnesses can, and witnesses saw yes. what happened, and yes. that's what witnesses are saying. That's what they, why prosecutors brought in the witnesses. Go and ahead. what they said with regard to the skateboard guy was he hit he hit Rittenhouse twice. The first time, he came up behind him as Rittenhouse was running away, hit him on the side, and then came back again, hit him again. These, and then these, grabbed the gun. And then was grabbing for the gun to take it away from uh, Rittenhouse. And yeah, you know, that, g- given everything that happened, but Fred, to your to your point about mistrial, I agree with everything you said. I think we have a very savvy judge here, and and one of the things is on appeal, you talked about certain things. If the prosecution does not make a motion for a mistrial, 
They can't argue later on on appeal that uh, the mistrial motion should have been granted because if you don't raise it, you waive it, right, when it right. comes to that. And there are other grounds for it. And I think that the judge is looking at this probably saying, this is Todd's armchair quarterback here. But right. I see the judge looking at this saying, I think that there's a high likelihood that this jury is going to uh, acquit, acquit. acquit this person. Right. And if I grant the mistrial, then he's got to go through this again. There's probably enough here to to overturn any conviction on appeal if I'm wrong. So I'm going to let it go forward. Right. But, I'm going to let it go forward. Yeah, but there is another manner that the judge could dispose of this trial. And that in Wisconsin, they have what is called a dismissal or a mistrial with prejudice. So it's a oh, very unique to Wisconsin. I see. I see. So the judge could actually throw, dismiss, the whole case throw the whole case out on a mistrial with prejudice. And, and the they def- can't retry him. And defense counsel was going over the elements for that. And one of the elements they have to show is that the reason for the mistrial, if it's shown that the prosecution was intentionally doing things to get a second bite at the apple, they're sandbagging their own case because the first – their case in chief did not go well. And so now they, they want to try to torpedo this trial and get a second bite at the apple, so to speak. And, and the case law in Wisconsin says if the court makes a finding that that is what has happened, then you can get a mistrial with prejudice so they can't refile again. That as egregious as the prosecutor's comments were, mm-hmm. that to me is so rarely invoked that uh, I don't know that the court would feel comfortable doing that, but I can tell you the prosecution's coming really close. Yeah, here's the question I have you, Todd and Denise. Maybe you know, I don't know this, and this is obviously, this is us uh, just chit-chatting about it. Uh, We do know that, and I don't know which one of the individuals that were killed or the person that was just wounded are former felons. Is that correct? I think that was the person that was shot in the bicep. No, no. I don't remember which no, one. I, okay. I, I don't think but it was did the him. judge allow that to come in? I don't I don't know. That's what I was just asking. I don't think so. I thought okay. I don't think that I think that was part of the motion in Lemonade's was yeah. that they're they um, Cuz they're talking about it in the news, but I don't know if they if the judge allowed that in to talk about the defendants. Now, you know, I mean uh, not the defendants, the people the two people who were shot and the one guy that was wounded. Didn't didn't one of them didn't he testify that the one individual, I don't remember which one, had said to him prior, they had interactions earlier that he said, I was going to kill you? Well, that's yes. what his testimony was. Yes, yes. that's what his testimony so, so was. So that was his fear. From... So that was the first person that he killed. Oh, was that it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that... He didn't have interaction with the second one until after he killed the first after one. After he killed one. Okay. That, that, was, that was his testimony. It was also the testimony of a uh, witness? of another witness who was there who said that that person, I think it was Rosenbaum, said, if I catch any of you alone, I'm going to kill you. And then the question to him was, did he say that to you or to Rittenhouse? Answer, well, Kyle was standing right next to me, so he had to have heard it as well. Right, both of them. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is going to be interesting. We're going to follow this, and we kind of like to follow the lawyer and the judge's antics more than anything, um, and a little bit behind the scenes as uh, lawyers, and especially Todd as a former prosecutor and now as a public defender. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some more interesting judges' uh, actions and lawyers' actions, and then we've got to talk about Brittany. Sorry. We'll be back after these messages.
This is the first hour of Radio Law Talk. The next two hours start at six minutes after the hour, and you can hear it live on most of your local radio stations. But failing that, you can always go over to radiolawtalk.com, where we're streaming the show live and at no charge to you. That's radiolawtalk.com. You have been listening to radiolawtalk.com. A copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Bye bye, everyone. Running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. 800-882-2093. That's 800-882-2093.